Wow, what a powerful song. And, you know, the Word of God teaches us that God has placed eternity in the heart of every person. That when God created man, that, that he created man, a body with a soul, but also created man with a spirit. The Word of God says that he, brewed, he breathed his spirit into man. That's what separates man from all the rest of the, the, the animal kingdom, that, that God has, has, has uh, put an eternal soul within him. And God created man that he could have relationship with God. And, and it's through that relationship that, that man finds himself complete. But when man sinned, which we'll speak about today, that, that man lost that relationship and that hole, that God-sized hole was placed within his heart. And, and what we do is we try to fill that hole with everything else. We try to fill that hole with pleasure. If I can have pleasure, then, then wow, I, 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 can, I can have peace. But, but pleasure will not fill that hole. We, we think if, if I can have stuff, and I, I, put, I buy all the stuff in the world, but stuff does not fill that hole. Or maybe if, if, if I have this relationship, or she'll make me happy, or he'll make me happy, don't put that on someone else. No one else can make you happy. Only God can feel that. And so even as we sing that song that, 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 that Lord, all I need is you, that is so true because he is the only one whom we truly need. And I pray today that wherever you are, what have you been trying to, what have you been trying to Feel that place within your heart. If it's anything other than God himself, there's going to be an emptiness. And there's going to be a lack of satisfaction. I pray today that God would just let you find his place into your heart. That he can give you what only he can give you as he gives himself. I ask you to take your Bibles today, and if you had turned to Genesis, I'm sorry, to Psalm 32. Um, Psalm is right in the middle of your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, I encourage you to bring one as, as, as we, we study from God's Word, because God's Word is truth. And um, if you do not have a Bible, we will gladly give you one and so that you can have one. If there's one in the, in the chairs in front of you, make that yours, and you just take it home with you. But today we want to, to continue on in, in a, a series that we've been studying through for several weeks. And this is all on the heels of a ministry that we have at Rayford Road Church. It's called Celebrate Recovery. And I've, I've sensed when I first heard of this ministry and over the years we've been working through this, that this is, ministry can have one of the greatest impacts of anything that we've ever done. Because it focuses on the fact that every one of us, because we are sinners... We all have stuff going on in our life. And you know very well there's stuff going on in your life. We all have hurts. We all have um, habits. We all have hang-ups in our life. And that keeps us continually tripping and being everything that God wants us to be. And Celebrate Recovery is simply a place where you can come and, and with other people just like yourself, that, 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 that people won't look at you as one of those people because I'm one of those people too. We all have stuff but where you can come together and you can minister together and begin to work through a series of steps. It's a process of, of God helping you to, to, to overcome that which is, has you bound up. You know, Jesus says, I've come that you might have life, but he didn't stop there, that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus says, 
um, that's through him, because he is the truth. He says, you know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Folks, we all have bondages within our lives. And why live our life carrying a weight on our shoulders that we can't carry? Especially when Christ has already provided a way. And so we're going to read this passage. We're going to read about a man that had a terrible weight on his shoulder. As a matter of fact, there's a man that, that the Bible says um, was after God's own heart. And so we, we're talking about one of God's favored children. And so what's so important about this is, is sometimes we look at, at people think, well, I'll never be able to live a life like that person. They've got it all together. Well, David was a guy that had it all together, but then his world fell apart. David committed some terrible sin. And what that teaches us, all of us have issues. And David speaks about the, the weightiness of, of, of carrying that guilt upon his shoulders. But how blessed it is for God to set him free. Let's all stand together and read together verses 1 through 5 of Psalm 32. Wow, this can speak to every one of us. Because the word of God through David writes these words. Blessed or how happy or how fortunate is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, or, or that God does not count his iniquity against him. And he says, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Some of your translation says deceit. I tell you, it's a terrible thing to live your life deceiving yourself and deceiving others about that which is within you. Folks, that will eat you alive. He's blessed as there's man whose spirit is no deceit. But then he says, when I kept silent, when I kept denying this thing, my bones waxed old through my roaring or my groaning all the day long. He says, I was miserable. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture, my strength is turned into the drought of the summer. Salah. But then he says, I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Praise God. Folks, the same can be spoken of you and me. Father, we love you, Lord, and I pray that you'd take these words, and God, that you would just apply them within our hearts. And, and God, I pray that you would just show yourself in a, in a mighty and a glorious way. God, I, I, I do not know what people are carrying. As a matter of fact, as David says, Lord, that, that God, we're all good at deceiving ourselves and deceiving others. The God that will put smiles on our faces when, in all reality, inside we're just dying. And I pray today, Lord, that God, that truth will be applied to our hearts, and God, the guile will be gone, and, and God, that, that we'll not try to hide things anymore, and we'll just let you be you. And God, that we'll run to the cross and run to your forgiveness. So, Lord, I just pray for a transparency here today. I pray for a spirit of freedom here today. And God, you do a mighty and a glorious work. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. 
Well, over the last three weeks, we have been working through this particular series of, of, of being set free. And the very first of those, that as, as we've worked through those steps, there was that admitting that, that admitted state. And that's where we say, God, I, re- I realize I'm not God. And that I realize, I admit that I am powerless to overcome those sinful tendencies, those wrong tendencies within my life. And, and my life is unmanageable. That as hard as we try to overcome that, that thing that just keeps drawing us back, as Paul says, you know, the things I want to do, I don't do. And the things I don't want to do, that's what I wind up doing. And folks, we have to admit that. I can't do this myself. I can't overcome by myself. And the second thing is, though, is that the, the second step that we've, we've looked at and we've talked about is that, that step of, that says that I earnestly believe that God exists. And not only does God exist, but I matter to Him. You see, there's, life will get us to a point that we may believe there's a God, but, but He doesn't really care about me, but God cares about you. You matter to God. And not only that, but He has the power to help me to recover. He has the power to help me to do which I can't do for yourself. Has some addiction been dogging you or some um, matter of unforgiveness been dogging you throughout your life and it just keeps you pulled back and you think, my, I can't do anything about it? No, you can't, but God can. And you matter to God. But then as we, we, we get on past that, we also have to come to that point of that I've got to openly examine, or I'm, so, I'm sorry, I've got to consciously choose to commit all my life and all my will to God for His care over my life. You see, there's a time that we have to come to God and say, God, I can't do it, and I'm just going to trust you. You have to open up your hands and say, God, here I am. I trust you. Have you come to that stand where you just committed all of your problems, you committed all the, the, the hurts and the hang-ups and say, God, I can't overcome this habit. I can't overcome this pain within my heart. I can't over- overcome this anger within my heart. And God, I'm going to give this to you. And I'm going to trust you for your care. And that leads us to the next step. And probably, folks, this is the step where the rubber meets the road. This is probably the step that's the hardest of all of them. You know, because we all, you know, we, we can be all honest with ourselves that, that my life's a mess. And I can't do anything about it. You know, we can all say, you know, I, I do believe there's a God and he has the power to help me. And, and, you know, we could make all type of verbal commitments all day long. But, folks, it's not what we say with our mouth, it's what we do. And so this is a step that, that and if you notice, this is all speaking of recovery as, as, as you look on down. And, and so today we want to look at this fourth step that says that we openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone whom I trust. Wow, confession's a different thing. Where I come to the point in my life where I will openly examine and confess my faults to myself first, to God, and to someone else. Wow, that's a big step. But folks, I can tell you today, if you would allow this and apply this in your life, It'll set you free. Why do we have to do that? 
What's the reason that, 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 that I must come clean in my life and, and openly confessing and, over, and, and allowing God to examine our heart? Because, folks, the Bible says we've all sinned and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible teaches us that because we're sinned, we all stand guilty before a, a, a holy and a mighty God. Again, you may deny that and what people do with the guilt that they, they have in their life, that, that some people flat deny it. You know, I'm not guilty at all, but deep in your soul, you know, you know that you've done wrong. Some people try to explain it away, that we try to justify what we've done. And wow, am I one of the best at that, that when I, when I do something stupid, that I, 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 just, I just justify it somehow. And I, sometimes I justify it by comparing myself to someone else that, you know, I might have done bad, but I'm not as bad as that guy. Folks, that guy is not my judge. Wrong is wrong, regardless who commits it. One of the big ways that we, 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 just, we try to justify our guilt is we try to blame other people. Boy, my, you know, my mom and dad were, were terrible parents, and so, so um, I'm trying to justify my wrongdoing and my guilt because of what other people have done for me. You know what? Maybe someone has wronged you, and if you live long enough, someone will wrong you. But that is not an excuse for your guilt. We all sin, for, uh, and, and it's our responsibility. And so we all try to deal with this in a, in a way that we tuck it back. And, 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 and so what we do is we put on these masks. And I know that today with a, a group of people this big that we've all walked in here and we've all put masks on because we all have stuff in our life that we need to deal with, but we don't let anybody else know about it. Hmm. Every one of us. Man. What if today God just came in here and he started pulling off the mask so that everybody else could see? There'd be some running and screaming and out, out these doors. It's like my kids, you know. Um, you'd tell them to clean up the room. You'd walk in there and the floors would be clean, but all that stuff was stuffed up under the bed. Just jam tight. You'd open up a closet at your own risk. Cause, you know, and we think if we just stuff all that stuff under the bed, then it won't stink. But sooner or later, it's going to start stinking, folks. And that's why we need to come clean. Every single one of us have stuff that's stuck in the closets of our life and stuck under the beds of our life. And it's sitting there and it's smelly and it's just, just rotting our life away. And as much as we try to put on the mask pretty soon, people can start smelling that there's a problem. I challenge you today, dear friends, start cleaning out. Let today be a day that you get honest with yourself and you get honest with God and you begin to um, get honest with others so that you can come clean, that you don't have to febreze your life all day long. Hmm. It reminds me of when Wandesu and me first started dating. I had an old Nova that had cloth seats. And, um, and during that time, that Daddy had some chicken houses, and I'd have to get up before school and go clean out chicken houses and then come on back to school, and, and, um, but not realizing all that dust. All you, but, but you know what? All that dust that I got from cleaning out them chicken houses, it found itself into my car. And I was going to take Juan and Sue out on a date, and I thought, hmm, this, this don't work. So I went and got me some, some, some 
some pine saw. And I began to spray pine saw. And all it smelled like pine tree chicken manure, you know. <laughs> and the more I tried to mask it, you know, the just the more it stunk. Because it got into the very pores of my skin and the very pores of my car seat. Folks, that's what guilt will do. It will stink your life up. And you may try to spray enough of pine salt on it, but don't fool yourself. It's still there. And why do we need to do this? Because first of all, we, we need to get to this step. We need to have this cleaning process within our, our life because guilt will destroy my confidence. It will make me where I have no confidence in myself. It will deal with me where I don't have any confidence in others. Folks, we all need confidence in who we are. But guilt will rob it away. You know, when again, when me with that old car, I, I knew the smell was there, and I had no confidence, and I, I, I used pine saw to try to mask it. But that only made things worse. And David says, you know, Lord... Listen, listen to what David says when, when, when he talks about in, in verse, when verse um, 3 says, When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the length. He was miserable. Now, he might would have put a smile on his face, and if people ask him, How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you, Jesus. But David says, My bones are waxing old, and through my groaning all the night long. You know, when all the people... Leave, and you're there at night, you know what's going on in your life. And how can you have confidence to do anything for the Lord when you know that you are dealing with this guilt within your life? Well, the Lord spoke, or Moses spoke to the children of Israel when he says, but if you do not do so, then take note. You have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sins will find you out. I know years before when, well, I knew I wasn't living where I needed to be. I was always afraid that I was going to be found out. You know, you always kind of leave on edge when the telephone rings or somebody shows up at your door. Folks, that's a miserable place to live. And we have things tucked away in our life that we know there and that we've been masking them around from the people that we, that we say we love and we're always worried that we're going to be found out. There's no confidence in that. Folks, that's a miserable place to be. And that's not where God wants us. He wants to be set free. He, will, he wants to live for Him in joy and, and with purpose and, and with stamina within our life. You know, there's, there's a story about, of years ago, the, the, the gentleman that, that wrote the Sherlock Holmes stories, he was a real prankster. And, and his name was Sir Arthur Conan, Conan Doyle. And as a prank one time, he, he wrote to five of the major people in England, and he wrote these words. He says, all is found out, flee at once. He just, he just wrote, all is found out, flee at once. And it said that within 24 hours, all five men left England. What if someone wrote you a note 
that said, hey, everyone knows, you better leave town. So you would judge yourself. And what type of confidence can we have in ourselves or in our relationships? See, the next thing that guilt would do, it would destroy your relationships. Folks, we live in a relational world. That's how God created us. He created us to have a relationship with one another. But when we live with a mask on, with stuff going on in our life, don't you, don't you fool yourself to believe that it's not going to affect other people around you. Have you ever known that person that you felt like you need to tiptoe around because anytime the wrong thing was said, they were going to blow up? Or maybe it's just something real small that about like a little firecracker situation came up, but, but it was like an atomic bomb hit when they found out about it. Do you know that person? That person may be you. I can grant you that person's dealing with some guilt in their life. They're dealing with some stuff in their life, and, and what happens is, is, is you're the one that's just rubbing, rubbing them wrong. Or what about a parent that is guilty because they're not spending the time with their child that they need to spend, or you know, or they're they're you know they're after that that great castle that the world says you need to have, and so you know their their, their children are just kind of pushed out of the way. And what do what how do how do parents do that? They do it by trying they do it, they deal with their guilt by trying to overindulge their children. You know, they, they say, well, I can't spend my time or I, I don't need, I'm not with my children like I should, so I'll just buy them something. You can't do that, folks. And so it's, it's destroying your relationship with your children because your, your guilt is causing you, it's causing you to do things that are not healthy. And, 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 and that happens within every relationship. If you are living with anger within your life, then it shows up with everyone around you. And so it damages your relationships. There's some of you today that are in in, in terrible relationship with your spouse or with your children. And it's not about your spouse or your children. It's about something that's going on in your life. And they're the ones that's taking the blunt of it. See... Guilt damages how I feel about myself, but guilt also damages how I relate to other people out there. i tell you what else guilt would do is it keeps me stuck in yesterday. It keeps me stuck in the past. Because until I deal with those issues in my past, I will, I will never be able to live for today. And folks, we cannot live our life looking in the rearview mirror. We're going to run into something. You have to let yesterday be yesterday. Let me, let me give you an example. As I, as I thought about this, I, I thought about years ago when I pastored in, 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 in another city. And I had a woman that had set up an appointment and she came in and, and um, she's a woman that was, was faithful to our church. But, well, she was just one of these over the top, you know, always happy and always doing, you know, er, everything was just, uh, just this high level of energy that that um, everything was great and wonderful, and she was real loud. But she sat down that day, and she says, Pastor, I want to tell you something I've never told anybody before. And before she could begin to say it, I've never heard, when you, when you hear the word wailing, she was wailing. I mean, just that gut crying. I mean, it just, whew, it was, it was tough in there. 
Her, her marriage was, was, matter of fact, her, her and her husband was separated. Her boys were having some troubles. And she began to tell me one of the saddest stories. That when she was a little girl, her daddy, who was a deacon in, 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 in the local church, had taken advantage of her and molested her. And she never told anybody. She says, who can tell anybody when your daddy's a deacon? And she says, so she stuck that thing back in her life. And not only was she dealing with her own hurt, but then she grew angry toward her father. And her father had died since then. But all that anger and all that unforgiveness that she had stuck away, you see, she was masking that by that real happy smile and being loud and boisterous and all of that. And inside she was dying. And, and, and she never told her husband. She never told anyone. Her, she had brothers in the ministry. And, and, and her, her marriage became a wreck because can you imagine that having a relationship with someone that's holding that type of stuff? And, and, her, and her husband just, he, he walked out. And, and her children, that I'm sure that she overindulged her children and, and done everything to, to, to pacify her own pain and her own hurt. And she was just wailing and just crying and she was getting, getting this out. And, and it, it, seems, it became so real to me that she was stuck in the past. That yes, there was a man that hurt her bad. But because the way she dealt with that, that she was, she, she was holding on to unforgiveness and anger, that it was affecting every relationship around her. And, and, and obviously her confidence was just destroyed. And I remember telling her that you have to forgive your dad. Because as long as you hold unforgiveness and this anger within your heart, he's still controlling you from the grave. He is still, he's still hurting. The very one that hurts you the most, is you're allowing to still hurt him because you won't release it. Now, no doubt, that's a, that's a pretty crazy story. But you know, as I tell that story, I know there's people sitting right here that's had some issues in their past. And maybe somebody wronged you, or maybe you did something really stupid. But you have, you have never, you've never dealt with that, and you're living with anger or unforgiveness, or you're living with that guilt of, of, of maybe what if somebody found, uh, finds out, and it's affecting you, it's affecting your, your husband and your wife. They don't even know what's going on. I remember telling her, you've got to tell your husband this stuff. It's only fair to him if he's the one that God has united you. He needs to know what went on your head. If he loves you, he loves you. It's not going to cause him to love you any more or any less. Matter of fact, it may help him understand why you've been acting like you've been acting. But you know, there's people right here that's dealing with the same stuff. And it's just beat you down over the years. It's affected your relationships. And you still are stuck in the past. That's why you need to do something about it. Until you begin to take these steps and you come clean. Folks, you'll go to your grave stuck in the past. And God doesn't want that for you. And how do we do that? What, what do I need to do to, to come clean? The first thing that we need to do is we need to take a personal inventory of ourselves. 
We need to come to a point where we begin to be honest with ourselves. See, I have to examine and confess, first of all, to myself. The psalmist said these were, you know, or, or Paul writes, what did we, 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 we read just a while ago? If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. And in, in the book of Lamentations, because of all the terrible things that, that God had brought upon um, Jerusalem, because of their sin, it was Jeremiah who said, let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. And we need to do that. That we need to take a time and just honestly examine ourselves. And you know what's kind of crazy? There's a lot of things in our past that is holding us back that we've, we've kind of unconsciously have forgotten about. What's so crazy about this? I, I woke early this morning. And I was thinking about this message, and God brought something back to me in seminary. Folks, that was 30 years ago. And there was a situation that occurred to me, and really it was, no, it was all about my own selfish. It's just why I allowed it to bother me. It wasn't what anybody else, it's just about me. But obviously that, that had been a thorn in my spirit. And I remember early this morning just being able to confess that to the Lord. It's just like something got lifted off my, my spirit. And, and how many of those things are in my life? And what you need to do is, is the best way to do is you need to get you a notepad. And get by yourself and begin to allow the Holy Spirit and say, God, search me and try me and know my heart. And begin to just write down. Hmm. I see my sister out there. We're going to talk a little family stuff here. Once, Wanda, you embarrassed me one time just as, as, as brothers and sisters do. But you know, I held that in my heart. And I, you know, I'm, I forgive you, man. I, you know, it's just not... We all do that. You know how simple it is. I wonder if you realize what you've done. But you know, folks, if you don't deal with it, it's going to hurt you. And, and you know, the other person don't even realize that. And I, I love my sister. I'm just, I just love her to death. But don't carry around stuff that, that people don't even realize years ago. And, but we do that, folks. You know, we've got, we've got an old burr in our saddle from mama or daddy or somebody, and, and they were doing the best they can, and, and we never say anything about it, and it just festers and, 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 and just, just works. And, and, um, and Lord knows what I've done to folks, that, that, that boy that... that um, that would cause some burrs and some saddles. I just, you know, that, and, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be, but, but we're, we're brothers and sisters. We love each other. We, boy, we went, through, we went through a whole lot of stuff. But, but folks, I'm just trying to be real to you because all you've got that's going on in your life. What do you need to openly confess? You need to get your, a pad and you need to sit down and you begin to you know, write down those particular things in your past. It may be just about a, uh, uh, again, a brother or sister that maybe offended you and you just always held it back. As, sim- as simple as it might be, if you think about it, you need to deal with it. Or maybe you know, there's somebody has really hurt you and, and you've held a grudge for that person. You need to deal with that. 
Or maybe you really hurt somebody. You need to write that down and you need to deal with that. See, the Bible says, that, you know, if, 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 if we say that we have no sins, we deceive ourselves. That's God. We all have stuff within our life. And I beg you, take some time, take some time. You know, it may take, it might take days. I, I think that once you begin to, to do that, God will begin to open up other stuff. But why don't we do that? Because it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad when we begin to admit to ourselves because we've kind of tucked it away because we don't want to go there anymore. But let God go there. Let the Holy Spirit begin to take that and begin to heal that in your life. As a matter of fact, you think, well, how can I get started? I have some things. This actually come from our family, our family action ministry a few years ago. This is a, be a good thing. I, I put a bunch of these out on the foyer where it just begins to talk about my love of self, my love of pleasure. Uh, and it gives a whole list of stuff for you to begin to think about. One of these says, in the love of self, that I monopolize conversations by talking about myself, my problems, and my interests. Am I guilty of that? That when I talk to somebody, it's just always about me? If that's the case, then I've got some stuff I need to deal with. I need to deal with self. And, and, And this would just help you begin to churn up some things within your life. And I encourage you to pick that up. Is it going to hurt you? Bet it is. Just like this woman, you may, you may have to spend a time wailing because if there's stuff that you've had packed back, once you begin to deal with it, it's going to hurt. And maybe that's why we never want to do that. So I have to come to admit to myself to take a personal moral inventory so that I can begin to come clean. You know, how can we be clean when we've got all this stuff packed up under our beds? The next thing I have to do is, the next thing that I have to do, I have to accept responsibility for my faults. I have to get out of the blame game. I have to say, God, this is about me. It's not about anybody else. You know, I I can't control what someone does to me, but I, I, I have to control what I've done in response. And I have to accept my own personal responsibility. Again, this is hard. The God I've done wrong. That I've held this unforgiveness, I've held this anger within my life. Yeah, I, God, I was stupid. Take responsibility. And then we need to ask God for forgiveness. And one of the great verses in all of Scripture is 1 John 1 9. It says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from what? All unrighteousness. There's nothing done that you've done so wrong that the blood of Jesus can't cleanse you. Isn't that good? There's nothing that is so wrong in your life. Don't think that you've ever out the power of the blood. As a matter of fact, Isaiah wrote these words, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet and red. You know, what stains something worse than red? You can't hardly get a red stain out of something. He says, though your sins be as scarlet, 
They shall be as white as snow, though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Praise God for the blood. And if we would confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, how do we do that? We, we, we don't try to bargain with God and say, well, God, if, if, if you'd forgive my sins, I'll do this, this. God's not in the bargaining game. We just need to trust God. God, you told me to confess my sins to you, and I'm just going to trust you. If I confess you, God, God wants to forgive your sins. He, he, wants to, he, wants, he wants to forgive your sins and just take them to him and confess them and, and, and ask him for forgiveness and leave it there. Probably the hardest thing, and this is probably something that I've really learned. Um, it's so, so clear to me through Celebrate Recovery. Admit my faults to another person. There's one of the most powerful verses in all of Scripture in James, the fifth chapter. You need, you need to write that down. You need to circle it on your page. It says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. If you want true healing that come in your life, you need to find someone else. And who is that person? First of all, someone you can trust. I, you know, to be honest, I don't need you up here blabbing everything. You don't need to, I don't need you to have all your laundry up here. I, I, mean, I, I mean, you do that privately. But there's something very important because when God created us, he created us for relationships. And when, when we're holding things down, it affects our relationships. And God's a relationship God. And God wants, he, he created us so we can help one another. And so you find some person out there that you can trust. And you can sit down and, and because, again, blessed is the man in whom spirit there is no guile. And, and, and the reason that we hold things back, let, let's be honest, the reason that we hold things back and we wear these masks is not because to keep it from God, because we all have enough sense God already knows. The reason we wear these masks is because we're trying to keep it from other people. We're more afraid of other people than we are God. And, 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 and what God is saying is a solution for that. You find somebody you can trust out there. And you find that person who's mature enough to, and, and also understands what you're doing. They understand this process. And, and that they also understand the spirit of forgiveness and, and understands that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. So they're, they're not a judge. They're just one that God has placed in your life to help bring healing in your life. Folks, it begins to set us free. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that so that you can be healed. Hmm. Is that hard? Yeah. You remember this woman I was talking about? She had held that in all by herself. And it was destroying her. But when she was able to begin to speak that to another person, she began to be set free. I was not her judge. Matter of fact, I felt my my heart hurt for her. And um, I I was so honored that, that I could be the one that she would share that with. 
Because that's all, that only then can healing begin to be. Again, because what she did that day for me, for, for herself, she pulled off her mask to someone else. and says, I, it doesn't matter to me what people think about me. This is what's going on in my life. Folks, we all need that somebody out there. Somebody that you can trust. Somebody that understands what you're doing. Somebody that's mature enough to handle it and understands the power of forgiveness. And folks, there's people out there that love you that much. That what you say to them will stay right there with them. But yet, I think about as I think about this, I think about you know, Moses. He needed a couple of guys to hold his arms up. We need other people out there that can help hold our arms up. Do you want to be healed? Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? And so he gives us such that, you know, the, the Word of God teaches that, that first of all, you know, I, I, need, I need to make a moral inventory. I, I, need, to, I need to openly examine and, and confess my faults, first of all, to myself. I need to just go ahead and, and, and say them and admit them. And then what, what I need to do is I need to take responsibility. I need to quit blaming everybody else and take responsibility. And then by faith, trusting God, that God through the cross, my sins are forgiven. If I confess my sins, you're going to be faithful and just to forgive me my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. You know what, and then, then I need to, to, to have someone else that I pull back the mask and say, this is what's going on in my life. And then you know what I need to do? I need to forgive myself. I need to accept God's forgiveness and forgive myself. Many people can never come to that point. They believe that God forgave them, but they continue to not to forgive themselves. And what, what happens? You keep licking them in the rear view mirror. Folks, if God forgives you, you're free indeed. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture is, is Romans, the 8th chapter, verse 1. And it says, There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Is that not good news? There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Folks, it's all been made clean. It's all been, you know, God does not look at us through our righteousness. He looks at, you know, because our righteousness is nothing more than filthy rags. He looks at me now through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. If God forgets about it, so should I. And so today, I come to this point. I've tried to be as frank and as open with you today as I could. Folks, there's not a one here that does not need to come clean of some stuff in our life. Otherwise, it's going to continue to hold us back and drag us down. And we're going to be stuck in the past. It's going to affect our own confidence. It's going to affect our relationships. And, and we, we always have that, 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 that chain ball hung to us. Don't live like that any longer. Because in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And our, our team is going to come and sing for us. 
And I'm going to ask you to come clean today. You don't need to tell me. You need to start with, first of all, admitting to yourself. Taking it to the Lord. And then I'm going to ask you that in the days ahead, find someone that you can, you can begin to be honest with. That will help you carry that with you. Folks, God wants to heal your life. Again, there's things in the, there's, there's just some, some papers out in the front that, that will help you with this idea of, of, of taking a personal moral inventory. Blessed is the man whose transgressions are forgiven. Wow. To whom the Lord does not impute sin. And blessed is the man in whom soul is soul. There is no guile. There's no deceit. That his iniquity has been covered. God wants that blessing upon you today. Father, I love you, Lord, and God, I just pray. I just pray, Lord, that you do a work. I know there's been a lot said today, Lord, and um, but God, I believe that there's so much that, that you want to do in our lives. You want to set us free. And God, I just pray today that God that will begin to get that dirty stuff out, of our, out from under our beds and just lay it before you. Father, I pray for a freedom, a freedom this morning. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.